Welcome to Sealing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. Talking about the last day work of God, the two witnesses of Revelation 11. Who are they? Are they two men? Or, some say it's the body of Christ. Let's take a look at it. Last day work of the ministry. Tune in to our podcast here, Sealing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. Focusing on the present proceeding word of God here in the last days, the latter days, spoken of in the word of God. What we'll be covering here is the two witnesses in the last days, the two witnesses of Revelation 11. We see here in Revelation 11, uh, verse 1, and it was given to me a, uh, a read like unto a rod, and the angel stood, saying, Rise and measure the temple of God and the altar and them that worship therein. Let the court which is that the temple leave out and measure it not, for it's given to the Gentiles and the holy city shall be trodden underfoot for 40 and two months. There's a time, time and a half, three and a half years, a thousand two hundred three score days, which will be the Jesus ministry. Jesus was cut off in the midst of the week and that, but not for himself. So there still remains a three and a half year Jesus ministry. We're called for that in Ephesians 4. He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry, the Jesus ministry. It hasn't happened yet, but it's called the latter reign. The former reign happened in the book of Acts with the embryonic church, Acts 2, on the day of Pentecost, uh, when it was fully come. That was the season of Pentecost. Now we're in the season of tabernacles, not Pentecostals anymore, tabernacleists. God has moved us into a different season. Notice, he says, and I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred three score days clothed in sackcloth. Not glory, not glorified, but clothed in sackcloth. Steer. Here we find they are the two olive trees. Now this is very important. Two olive trees because there's two witnesses there and the two candlesticks. And we already know the candlesticks has been shown to us that in Revelation 1 that the candlesticks are the churches. So, but why the olive trees? So as we get into that, we'll take a look at the, stop it right there. The identity of the two olive trees, who are they? We take a look at 1 Kings 6, Verse 18, and the cedar of the house within was carved with not sent open flowers. That's the Solomon's temple. All was cedar. There was no stone seen. Now God will uncover the cedar work in the last days, in the latter days, according to Zephaniah 2.14. We won't get into that today. And he says, and the oracle he prepared in the house within to set there the ark of the covenant of the Lord. Now the oracle in the forepart was 20 cubits in length, 20 cubits in breadth, 20 cubits in the height thereof, and he overlaid it with pure gold, and so covered the altar, which was of cedar. Now it's going to go into a cedar work there in the last days that God will famish all the gods of the earth when he uncovers the cedar work. Now, but we're focusing on the olive trees. In 1 Kings 6, 21, so Solomon overlaid the house with him with pure gold, and he made a partition by the chains of gold before the oracle, and he overlaid it with gold. Now here we go to the cherubim. And within the oracle, the most holy place, the holy of all, the holiest of holies, he made two cherubim of olive tree, very important here, an olive tree. Each 10 cubits high. Now these are colossal. 
cherubims. These are not the cherubim that overshadow the mercy seat there in uh, the testimony or the Ark of the Covenant. These are the two colossal cherubim of olives. The olive trees overlaid with gold. They're 10 cubits high and their wingspan, each one or five cubits was one wingspan and then the other wingspan was another five cubits. So they are touching the walls of cedar in the most holy place. God will uncover the cedar work. Well, five cherub, five cubits was a wing of one cherub and five cubits the other wing of the cherub for the uttermost part of the one wing until the utmost part of the other were 10 cubits. Notice there's two cherubim there. The two cherub are the two olive trees, which is in the holiest of all. This is a higher level of glory for the church than Pentecostals. We're going into a much higher level of glory and of all the truth. And the other cherub was 10 cubits. Both the cherubims were of one measure and one size. The height of the one cherub was 10 cubits. And so was it of the other cherub. Now, let's take a look at it. What's happening with these cherubim? And he set the cherubim within the inner house, and they stretched forth the wings of the cherubim, so that the wing of the one touched the one wall. It's touching the cedar, the cedar wall. And the wing of the other cherub touched the other wall. And their wings touch one another in the midst of the house, covering the ark of the covenant or the testimony, which is the testimony of Jesus. And he overlaid the cherubims with gold. Gold is the glory of God. And he carved all the walls of the house round about with carved figures. That's in the walls of the cedar work. Cherubim and palm trees, which speaks of tabernacles, and open flowers. This is the fruit harvest, not of corn harvest of, of uh, wheat and barley, which is the Pentecostal harvest, but it is the fruit harvest of oil and wine, open flowers, cherubim, and palm trees. We take a good look at what this looks like. Two cherubim of glory there. Notice that the Ark of the Covenant with the mercy seat overlaid with gold there of the two cherubim of a beaten work of this olive work of the of the gold there of the cherubim of glory looking toward the mercy seat uh, of the mercy seat in the mercy seat and looking toward the mercy seat. They're looking at the blood of Jesus overlaid in the mercy seat, the lid of the Ark of the Covenant, making the blood making it a mercy seat. But this is not what we're talking about. We're back talking about the ten cubit, two olive trees overlaid with gold in the holiest of all. The wings are touching the five cubit wings of wingspan of each of the cherubim, the two cherubs, the two cherubim of glory, shadowing the mercy seat. It's the work of the ministry in the last days, which is that we're going to see what these two cherubim are in the two witnesses. Now, we're talking about the olive trees. We see it also in Zechariah. And in Zechariah 4.1, we see the angel talk with me. He came again to wake me as a man that is waking out of his sleep. The church being asleep, but will be awakened by the Holy Ghost. And will be to them that are at ease in Zion. And Jesus stated, I'll uh, search Jerusalem with candles and punish all them that are settled on their leaves. We must be stirred. 
Zechariah 4, 2, and said unto me, What seest thou? And he said, I have looked, and behold, a candlestick, all of gold, with a bowl upon the top of it, and his seven lamps thereon, and seven pipes to the seven lamps which are upon the top thereof. Notice, and the two olive trees. Here we are back to the two olive trees again by it. One upon the right side of the bowl, and the other upon the left side thereof. Now, what we have there, when those in that, uh, uh, stop it there, won't that roll? Now, talking about the what we are seeing here, he said, I looked and behold a candlestick all of gold. Now, there was a bowl upon the top of it, and his seven lamps thereon, a bowl on the top of it. Now, let's take a look at that. What we have here. We got the seven golden candlesticks. And of course, we know that that's the church, Shamash being the servant branch. And then we have the six branches grafted into, which we are the wild olive branches grafted into the true vine. Then there's a bowl here on the top of it. And the bowl there is feeding these seven lamps to the candlesticks. And not a very good artist, but anyway, to make a long story, what we have here, the truth, we have a olive tree here, and we have another olive tree here, and they're emptying out of themselves into this bowl the oil, the golden oil, not just regular oil, not a beaten olive oil, of a half egg of beaten olive oil going into the church. But this is a higher level of, of revelation. It is the golden oil. And these cherubim are called the two sons of oil because they empty out of themselves the golden oil. And so this is what the Lord is preparing the body of Christ for in the work of the ministry. Zechariah 4, verse 4, So answer and speak to the angels, talk to me, what are these, my Lord? And the angels talked to me and said, These, no, it's not what these be. He said, no, my Lord. And he answered, spake to me, saying, this is the word of the Lord. Now we're saved through the revelation of the word of the Lord. Unto Zerubbabel, Zerubbabel. They're born in Babel, but come you out of her, my people, saying, not by might, nor by power, by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. God's going to do this. Who art thou, O great map, before Zerubbabel? Zerubbabel in Haggai tells us, uh, that he is the sign, he is the seal, he is the signet. Zerubbabel, you are my signet, the sign of Tav in the last day work. Here, Zerubbabel, his hands have laid the foundation of it, and his hands will finish it. And, O great mountain before Zerubbabel, the mountains are kingdoms, thou shalt become a plain, and he shall bring forth the headstone, Christ, thereof with shouting, crying, Grace, Grace unto it, the headstone, the capstone, the chief cornerstone. Now we have here in Zechariah 4, 8, carrying it on. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house. His hands also shall finish it, and thou shalt know that the Lord of hosts has sent me unto you. For who hath despised the day of small things? Uh, the things there... We're coming into all truth, 
Now, faith is the substance of things so far, the evidence of things not seen. Not small things, but great things of God, for the Lord will do the great thing. Psalm 126. For they shall rejoice and shall see the plummet in the hand of Zerubbabel. The plummet goes for the depth and judgment to the line, which will show the reveal, the height, depth, length, and width of Christ. For they shall rejoice when they see the plummet in the hand of Zerubbabel with those seven were fellow labors together with the Lord, for they are the eyes of the Lord, which run to and fro through the whole earth. Then answered I and said unto him, What are these two olive trees? He still does not understand upon the right side of the candlestick and upon the left side thereof. They are the two sons of all that empty out of themselves the golden oil, this last day work of the ministry. And what does he say? And I answered again and said unto him, What be these two olive branches, which through the two golden pipes. Now, there's two golden pipes coming out of uh, uh, the candlesticks or the, the, uh, uh, the olive branches going into the bowl, feeding the seven uh, pipes to the seven golden candlesticks. The two pipes there are coming out of the golden oil, not olive uh, beaten olive oil as it was in Pentecost, but golden oil. The two golden pipes emptied the golden oil out of themselves. And he answered me and said, No, I said, not will these be? And I said, No, my Lord. And he said, These are the two anointed ones. These are the two witnesses. It is the church of the living God and to the fullness of measure of the statue of Jesus within the veil in a higher glory, emptying out of themselves the golden oil in throne room revelation. These are the two anointed ones that stand by the Lord of the whole earth. And many of you side there uh, in your Bible's commentary will say the two sons of oil, which is the last day witness. This is the witness of the, of the Holy Ghost. Take a look. And Paul talking there in Hebrews 9, and uh, he mentioned there, and uh, then very the first covenant also had ordinances, a divine service, and... Uh, a worldly sanctuary. There was a tabernacle made with the first hymn was the candlestick, the table, the shoe bread, which is called the sanctuary. Now we're going on the day of atonement, obviously, because we see within the veil is uh, that the, the uh, golden censer. And uh, Hebrews 9, 3, and after the second veil, the tabernacle, which is called the holiest of all, the most holy place, which had the golden censer, the golden censers within the veil and the Ark of the Covenant overlaid round about with gold, wherein was the golden pot that had manna and Aaron's rod that budded and the tables of the covenant. And over it, this last day work of God, the cherubim of glory shadowing the mercy seat. That's the testimony of Jesus. Those that have the testimony of Jesus, which is the spirit of prophecy, of which we cannot speak particularly. Why couldn't Paul speak particularly about it now in the Pentecostal reign? Because it was not, he was not in the last day season of tabernacles. It's reserved unto us, God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us shall not be made perfect. We'll see that the cherubim there uh, in Genesis 3, 24, 
the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become one as us and all good and evil. And now lest he put forth his hand and take also the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him forth of the garden of Eden to till the ground from which he was taken. Verse 24. So he drove out the man and he placed at the east end. Now notice the seal of the living God is coming from the cherubim ascending from the east. The angel ascending from the east. At the east end of the Garden of Eden, what he placed? Cherubim. Notice that is a capital C and a flaming sword which turned every which way to keep the way of the tree of life. Why? Because that's a Christophany of Jesus. And when we see here that in Zechariah 1, 8, he's going to carry this on about the uh, two olive branches again. Then Zechariah 1, 18, I lifted up my eyes and saw, behold, four horns. And in the first chapter of Zechariah, and said to the angel that talked with me, what be these? And he answered me and said, these are the horns which have scattered Judah, Israel, and Jerusalem. And the Lord showed me four carpenters. Now these are the four faces of our Lord Jesus Christ. Blind man, ox, and eagle. Cherubim, capital C in Genesis 3.24 in most of the King James Authorized Version Bible because it is a Christophany, a theophany. Zechariah 12.1, Then said I, what come these to do? And he spake, saying, These are the horns which have scattered Judah, so that no man did lift up his head. But these are come to fray them, to cast out the horns of the Gentiles, which lift up their horn over the land of Judah and scatter it. And then he says, and looked and behold, uh, in Ezekiel, we're talking about the four carpenters, lion, man, ox, and eagle, the four faces of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we see that in Second uh, uh, Corinthians 3, that God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. The faces there in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the four faces of our Lord Jesus Christ. There in Matthew, he is the lion of the tribe of Judah. In Mark, he's the perfect man. In Luke, he is the suffering servant, the ox. And in John, he is that eagle. Three terrestrial, one celestial. The four faces of Jesus, that's the four carpenters that we will rebuild uh, that in the earth, Zechariah 1. Four horns freight it, four carpenters will rebuild it. Obviously, it's the Lord. Well, here... We have in Ezekiel 1, what are the cherubim? Well, in Ezekiel 1, 4, look and behold, a whirlwind came out of the north. Now we notice a whirlwind there with Elijah. In the last days, God will send forth the Elijah before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. And the spirit of Elijah, just like he did in his first coming with John the Baptist, forerunning Jesus' first coming as the suffering Messiah, HaMashiach ben Yosef. When we see here, he looked and behold, a whirlwind came out of the north. A great cloud and a fire unfolding itself and brightness was about it. And out of the midst thereof was the color of amber, the hottest fire there is. Out of the midst of the fire. And out of the midst thereof came the likeness of, and notice it says here, four living creatures. Now these are Zoe in Revelation 4 and 5. The very same. And this was their appearance. They had the likeness of a what? A man. Now, Jesus is the head, 
and we are the body of the Christ. That's the Son of Man, kingdom office. The designator there is the Son of Man, Jesus' favorite saying of the office that he is, that he's the head, and we are each individual members of the body of Christ. The eye can't say to the hand, I have no need of thee. The hand can't say to the foot, I have no need of thee, because God has placed the more abundant honor on the less comely parts that there should be no chism or division in the body. And we see here that everyone had four faces and they had four wings. And of course, the wings are what they fly upon the wind of doctrine. And their feet were straight feet. And the sole of their feet was like the sole of a calf's foot, sparkled like the color of polished, burnished brass. And we see that same thing in Revelation uh, 1. Take a look here. Now we're seeing it come out of the fire. And there are the four, and this is myriad, not just one cherubim that has their four faces. It's each one had their four faces. It's a myriad of cherubim coming out of the fire amber, a fire enfolding itself. And what's coming out of that fire? Well, in Zechariah 3, we have that uh, Joshua coming before the Lord. Satan comes there. Uh, before the Lord also to withstand uh, uh, Joshua. That is uh, Joshua, Yeshua, the ones called by the name of Jesus in the last days. And he said, is this not a brand plucked out of the fire? And there was going to be a change of raiment. God is changing the raiment of the church. For many has been baptized into Christ and put on Christ, and that's our anointing. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Coming out of that fire, and there's a change of raiment that God's doing now in the sealing of his servant. Ezekiel 10, verse 1, we see here that these living creatures are the cherubim. I looked and behold in the firmament above the head of the cherubim. So we see the cherub, the cherubim, all these are definitely the living creatures are cherubim there that he is writing about in Ezekiel 1, Ezekiel 10, they are the cherubim of glory, the living creatures. Now in Revelation 4, we see the same thing again. And before the throne, there was a sea of glass like into crystal. Now this is throne room revelation. Remember in Revelation 4, verse 1, John talking said, uh, uh, there was a door open in heaven unto me, and a voice of a trumpet talking with me, saying, come up hither, and I will show you things uh, which will come to pass hereafter. This is not a rapture. This is our level of glory, going from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. We see in 2 Corinthians 3 that God has shown forth His glory in the face of Jesus Christ. But that, that four faces, lion, man, ox, and eagle, that cherubim in your Bible in Genesis 3.24 is a capital C or a theophany or Christophany, meaning Christ with a flaming sword, of course, the Word of God. Well, now, the cherubim in Ezekiel 1, Ezekiel 10 is a small case C because we're in the likeness and the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ unto a perfect man. He's the head and we the body of the Christ. Here we see in Revelation 4 that this is throne room revelation because in Revelation 4, 1, John said the voice of a trumpet talking with me that door in heaven opened. He's going into throne room revelation. This is not Pentecostal revelation. It's throne room revelation, a much higher level of glory, a much higher level of revelation. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. 
And that Revelation 4.1, many will take that to be the rapture, not a rapture. What is it? It is a higher level of glory in the, the things growing up into Jesus and all things that were not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. It's coming unto perfection to the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ and a man caught up to the third heaven. Whether in the body, out of the body, Paul said he couldn't tell, such as one that saw uh, un things that was unlawful for a man to speak. It was not to be spoken in Pentecost. It was a last day word. That's the reason Paul can speak about the cherubim shadowing, overshadowing the mercy seat because uh, it was not the right season. It was literally kept for us in this last days. There is throne room revelation. Caught up to God to his throne and he's seeing what will come to pass hereafter. And before the throne, there was a sea of glass like unto crystal. And in the midst of the throne and round about the throne were four beasts. Watch those beasts. Those are the zoe, the living creatures, full of eyes before and behind. The eyes are the eyes of revelation. Not only before, but and behind too. They have a revelation of that which is, was, and is to come. And the first beast was like, hey, here we go with the same ones that we see again. Lion. And the second beast was like a calf. The third beast as a face of a man. And the fourth beast like a flying eagle. Now the face is the glory. God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power might be of God and not of ourselves. The Lord is that spirit. We will all see in the revelation of Jesus Christ that he is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. He is the Father. He is the Word. He is only one God. Jesus is not sitting at the right hand of God. He's sitting in that throne, Revelation 3.21. He was exalted to the right hand of God for us. We're made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, what he wrought to us word when he set him at his own right hand. That's for us. Where did Jesus go? Revelation 3.21, Jesus said, Him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne. That's us, the body of Christ. Even as I overcame, where did you go, Jesus? Even as I overcame and am set, S-E-T, forever settled, always has been and always will be God, sat down with my Father in his throne, not beside him, but in it, all power in heaven and earth given to him. That is the lion, man, calf, and eagle. These are the zoe, are the living creatures in Revelation 4 that will do God's will and preach his word. So we go on with the word of God. And there in Revelation 5, who are these beasts? Well, we know there's four and 20 seats and four and 20 elders. We know that church of the living God called as priest until the Lord our God. But also here, when he had taken the book, the four beasts and four and 20 elders, notice there the king priesthood fell down before the Lamb, having each one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. Who are these four and twenty elders and the four beasts? They sang a new song. They sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast what? Redeemed us. They're not angels. God never redeemed an angel. He never took on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. The four and twenty elders and the four beasts are the redeemed of the Lord and has made us into our God. What? Kings. We're going to be the king, priest. That's the order of Melchizedek in Hebrews 5 that Paul was going to speak to the church there in Hebrews 5. 
but they were not able to hear it. They were still uh, newborn babes, uh, unskillful in the word of righteousness. And he said, these things are hard to be uttered, seeing you're dull of hearing. He was talking about this, this last day work of God that we're all called for in the work of the ministry. There we find that these beasts, there are the living creatures that will preach this everlasting gospel. When we see Revelation 6, 1, when the Lamb opened one of the seals, the seals are the heartstrings of God. And I heard as it were the noise of thunder, one of the four beasts saying, come and see. Who's preaching it? That's well, one of the four beasts. Well, there saw behold a white horse, and it said him had a bow, a toxon, and a crown that is uh, that Stephanos was given him. He went forth conquering and to conquer. Before we ever enter into battle, God gives us the victory of a toxon, which is an ornamental bow given to the victor when he has won the battle. He gives it to gives it to us, the body of Christ, before we even start the battle. Look at Revelation 6, 3, and when he opened the second seal, the second beast said, come and see. There's a lion, man, calf, and eagle proclaiming the word of God. These are the ones that will preach the everlasting gospel. Here, the first four seals will be preached by the white, red, black, and pale horse rider by the four beasts, lion, man, calf, and eagle. There, then, then we come to that revelation uh, that fifth seal, Revelation 6, 9 through 11, they are mortars, the ones that were, that was, uh, uh, literally mortared or killed, uh, there before the altar cried out and said, Oh, long, oh Lord, holy and true, how long will it be before thou avenge your blood upon them that dwell upon the earth? These are souls that were slain for the word of God and the testimony which they held. Now we're going to seal our testimony with our own blood in this last days. And the pre-tribulation rapture has annulled the work of God, where very few will be ready or prepared for this last great day sacrifice that we will do for our Lord Jesus Christ in the preaching of this everlasting gospel to all the world for a witness and all nations. They said, O Lord, how long will it be before thou avenge our blood upon them that dwell upon the earth? White robes of righteousness were given to each one of them. That's a church of living God. That's not, that's not the nation of Israel. And it was said in my hearing until your fellow servants and your brethren that should be killed as you were should be fulfilled. But the point here, the first four seals, they're the white, red, uh, black, and pale horse rider are being preached by these four zoe or four beasts or these two witnesses there in uh, Revelation. And we see here again, Revelation uh, 6, 5, the third, third seal, the third beast preached it. And when he opens the fourth seal, then the fourth beast preached it. And speaking the word of God. Who will hear for the time to come that we are in now? God's doing it right now, sealing us for the ones that have an ear to hear what the Spirit's saying to the churches. Now, he's told us all that we're all called for the work of the ministry. He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the work of the ministry, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. This is what we're talking about here, the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come in the unity of the faith. There won't be different denominations. It'll be one God in his name, one. The knowledge of the Son of God, that knowledge is not gnosko, 
a general knowledge, of not knowing Jesus after the flesh, but after the spirit, but it's epigonosco, a much higher glory in the full measure of the statue of Jesus Christ unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ, that we're not henceforth children. We're grown up, full grown, not newborn babes or little children, not only young men, but fathers, not tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness. There, and boys, they lie and wait to deceive, but speaking the truth and love may grow up into Jesus and him in all things. That's all truth, which is ahead, even Christ, for whom the whole body fitly framed together and compacted by that whichever joint supplies according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body to the edifying of itself in love. Without that seal of the living God in Revelation 7, God's doing now, there's no man who will be able to stand. We see here that Paul talked about, who wrote 14 books in the New Testament, just to put this in perspective. Paul, who wrote 14 books in the New Testament of the Church of Philippi, and it is there of the house for the church, and Zane said in Philippians 3.12, Paul himself said, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after. If that I'm not that, I may apprehend that for which I am also apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. He didn't count himself perfect. But what did he do? But this one thing I do, I'm forgetting those things which are behind. I'm reaching forth to those things that's prophetic, which are before the testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy. I press toward the mark. That mark is not a lof, bait, gommel. It is a tav. It's the last letter of the Hebrew ABCDRA, which is salvation. And that is a sign of the cross. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Watch what he says. Let us, therefore, as many as be what? Perfect. Many will say you can't be perfect. Well, Paul said you can. How? If many as be perfect, these are thus minded. What kind of mind? Pressing toward the mark for that prize. What? The prize of the high calling of God. That we're called as kings and priests to the Lord our God, and we will reign with our Lord a thousand years in the earth. That's the high calling. And they said, let us therefore as many as be perfect, be thus minded. That's the mind of Christ. And if in anything you be otherwise minded, God shall reveal this even unto you. Neighbor, as God's doing it now, we want you to tune into the podcast here. Therefore, the, uh, the last day work of God in this last day work of the ministry, the sealing of God, he's doing it now. Uh, you can contact us, uh, download the app, Sealing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard, focusing uh, on our daily podcast on the present proceeding word of God and this truth. God is preparing his body for this last great day work of the ministry, whereby the everlasting gospel will be preached to all the world for witness in all nations. This is just the beginning the ceiling, then we go much, much deeper in that throne room revelation and the power of God. And it's a new thing that's never been done before. God will do a new thing. The woman's compassing a man, the man child of Revelation 12. We must be pressing toward that mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus.
Contact me. We'd love to work together with you in the work of the ministry. You can email me at sealinggodspeople at dennisbeard.org. The contact information will be on the screen on the podcast. Simply go to dennisbeard.org, sealinggodspeople.org, sealinggodspeople.com, or simply just email me at sealinggodspeople at dennisbeard.org. Now, we need to hear from you, those that you want to be a part of this, have over a thousand ministers there in Africa and India that have come to this great truth. Do you like to be a part of it or send it? We have, uh, we go by simply uh, your charitable gifts and donations keeps us on the podcast and over uh, the air to the ministers. We have been there in Africa since 2012. Uh, uh, they're bringing the Word of God to the ministers in Africa, Ghana, Kenya, Uganda, uh, the Congo, etc., etc., Tanzania, etc. Anyway, we, uh, you would like to be a part of it, uh, give your prayerful support and your generous donations to keep us on the air and the ministry going. We're praying for each one of you, all of us, that we all may be presented blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. God perfecting that which is lacking in each one of us at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, that we're all being presented blameless at the coming of our Lord. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold the Real Jesus.